check us out to hear the latest on life in the volunteer state. Yvonka and her guests discuss everything from life, love, and business with a Tennessee flair. It's a Tennessee thing! Always relatable, always relevant, and always a good time. This is Talking Tennessee, and now your host, Yvonka. Welcome back to Talking Tennessee with Yvonka. I'm your host, and oh my goodness, viewers, we have got a really great friend of mine in the studio, and guess what? It's Steve Diggs from Emerald Youth Foundation. Do you know who Emerald Youth is? Well, we're going to tell you all about them. Welcome to our studio. Thank you. What an honor to be here with you, Ivanka. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, let's just dig in because we've got so much to talk about. Mm -hmm. Who is Steve Diggs? That's the least we need to talk about <laughs> right there, Ivanka. But, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a product of Knoxville, Tennessee. Grew up uh, here. My father was a small Methodist church pastor. We moved around Knox County, and uh, I was fortunate to be able to stay, stay here in Knoxville in my adult life, so this has been home for me. Um, I like to think of myself as someone who's really striving to um, adopt the image of Christ in their life. I've got a long yes. ways like Paul, not that I have arrived yet, but I sure want to press on toward that. Um, I'm a husband, uh, my yes. wife, Sabrina, who we met at Maryville College together back in the really? 80s. And I've uh, been married now for, I think, about three decades. Three since decades. I've been a great marriage, and God blessed us with, with two children. I have a son who just um, recently graduated Maryville College. I'm sorry, uh, Maryville College, yes, Fulton High School before that. Okay. And now is a law student at LMU, Duncan School That's of Law. Awesome. And I currently have a daughter who's a junior. Abby is her name. Okay. Son's name is Adam, but Abby's a junior at Fulton High School. Okay. Okay. So he, let me just say this, viewers, he is very humble. This was probably one of the hardest questions I knew he was going to just like, oh, really? Because he really doesn't like to talk about himself. But you know what? Sometimes, you know, God is showing me that sometimes people, we have to humble ourselves to let people in to see who we are. Mm. And he is good about that. But the good thing about him is he doesn't make it about him. He makes it about Christ. And that's the best part. So let's talk about family. When you embarked, so 27 years ago, um, uh, as God using you as a vessel, you know, how did you start? What was the first days like? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a real fortunate. If you ever studied uh, Henry Blackaby's book, um, Experiencing God, it talks about stepping into somewhere where God was already at work. Yes. And I didn't realize it, recognize it at the time, but I'm one of those folks where... God was at work doing something, and somehow or another, I got invited in exactly. and um, been able to uh, stay with it since. We, I came out of college. I was on my way, uh, plans to go to seminary, but wanted to spend a year serving in a youth ministry before okay. I went on that to that path. And I walked into an office where uh, a supervisor in, in a church was... Uh, president, and I just told him, said, look, I'm, I'm going to spend a year working in a church youth ministry. If you know of a church looking, let me know. A few minutes after I left, the pastor of the founding church of Emerald Youth Foundation, Emerald Avenue Methodist Church, Bob Bean's his name, walked into the same person and said, we decided to try to find a way 
to mobilize our congregation to reach uh, urban youth in Knoxville and our Oakland Lincoln Park neighborhood. If you know of someone looking, we're going to hire right now a short term. All we have money for, let us know. Wow. And that was like on a Monday. And on Sunday, I was employed and we started the outreach. And this was a small church, about 120 people active. Okay. Within a couple of years, we had a couple hundred young people and we formed what's now Emerald Youth Foundation a couple of years after we got started in the outreach. And I never went to seminary, but I've uh, yes. enjoyed my time with Emerald Youth today. But you're living it. Uh, that's yeah. the best part. Um, I didn't know the whole story, but I mean, that that's breathtaking to me because for you, it's amazing how God works because God, basically, you were looking for something. God put you on that path yeah. when you walked in that church, you know, but he put you in, in that path to be the vessel for that church. Yep. So it went hand in hand. It was, it, you're right. And I wasn't looking at that time uh, thinking I want to do ministry in the city. city. Right. I was just looking for anywhere that might have me. And uh, so, so you sometimes it works that way for us. So, so you wasn't looking for the city, but the city's what needed you to do God's work. And for God to, I tell people all the time that they're, my favorite scripture is faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. And the reason why that's my favorite scripture, because God can bless you every day, you know, but if you don't do the work, you know, the mm -hmm. blessings is dead and you did the work. You, I, when I come out, viewers, let me tell you, when I come out to volunteer for Emerald, he's not sitting, letting everybody, you know, do the work or whatever. He gets his hands dirty. You know, he, he truly does ministry. And that's the biggest thing that I noticed about you the first time that I ever came to the first breakfast. Sanford Miller invited mm -hmm. me. And I just noticed just how you went through that, you know, the breakfast. I mean, you made sure that you tried to shake as many hands as you could. Because I'm a very observant person. Mm. And so I just watched you. And I saw you make sure you uh, shook people's hands. And wanted to make sure that they knew that they were appreciated for coming to that breakfast. And I think that's what really makes people gravitate to you. Yeah. To want to help Emerald because you're reachable. Well, it's we've got to be reachable, and, and you can't do this kind of work without wanting to be with people. And, exactly. You know, <laughs> That's and, true. Uh, you know, it's been wonderful for me to be in a situation where uh, I can engage with, and I, I don't engage directly as much with young people as I once did. Right. I still have some roles that I have directly with children and right. youth, but but mostly more in a, an administrative role now. But but I get to walk in a place where I can connect people with means and to connect them with with people who need those means and bring those worlds together. People who, like on the outside, that may not even know the city that well or know some of the urban needs, yes. but God has blessed them. And they know that it's it's right for us to fulfill our purpose in God is to be obedient to the call to care for the least of these in our community. There's a lot of people looking for that opportunity, and I get to help broker that, if you will, yes. and bring those arenas together. So I might sit in a corporate office during the day, come to a place like this with you exactly. today, and tonight, you know, be back in the neighborhood where our children, youth, and families lived and live and, and you get to experience all those arenas. One of the things my wife and I did in 1991 
we've moved into the Oakwood Lincoln Park neighborhood, the first neighborhood we started serving okay. and as a part of our ministry because ultimately we want to be integrated into the life of the community in which we're serving. Yes, yes. And so that has been one of the real blessings in our life. We went to be a neighbor, but it's really blessed us more than us getting to bless the people in our community by far. You know, a lot of times I, I will never knock anyone that is trying to do God's work, but the best thing about you of what I see is, you know, you didn't go out of the city. You didn't go to another state. You didn't go to another country. You know, you stayed where you grew up, where the heart of you was, where the beginning started. Mm -hmm. And you want to be a blessing. Not saying that that's not a blessing too, but it sticks out when you see people stay in their community to try to help their community. You know, that type thing. Um, th that was my biggest thing when me and David wanted to adopt you know, um, we said we wanted to adopt, didn't know how, whatever. And what people didn't know, and viewers know this, uh, we had had 10 miscarriages. and oh 10 miscarriages when mm. this uh, before it happened, and we had given up. And I had got peace with it. Um, but that three, four months later after I had got peace with it is when I got that call um, mm. from an old employee. And it was such a great thing because I was able to adopt a child that was local. You know, not adopt a child out, not saying that's a bad thing, but it was such a great thing to help a child that's in need in my in my uh, city. So let me ask you a question. Hard one. Mm. After 27 years at the beginning, was there ever days that you felt like, God, is my work in vain? Mm -hmm. Is Is there, I mean, is there something that, you know, I'm just, I'm just not getting it because every day is not gravy. Right. So was there ever days like that? Probably there's days like <laughs> that now, but what was it like at the beginning? I'm trying to think of days that are not like that. You <laughs> exactly. Know? It's just exactly. You, you do go in this work and you think I'm doing a good thing. This is kingdom work. So Lord, it shouldn't be so hard. Right. And, exactly. and so you, you got to remember, he said, I'll be with you. He didn't say I was going to make it easy, but he'll go. be with you through all of the, the ups and the downs. And there's so many ups, there's so many great testimonies, but probably the toughest for, toughest for me is to see a young person that we've invested a lot into. And, and you've seen them on this trajectory that just really seems to be positive. They're going to really do well in life, but they decide to run with their own crowd or they decide to start using or um, they just fall into the ways of the world and, yes. and their life ends up, whether it's an early pregnancy or it's in prison or it's, you know, and those kind of stories make it really hard. And you think, well, really all of, as you said, all of this in vain or, or when you start, you know, you take on initiatives that you believe God's called you to, that you know is right for the child but it's not always that popular and, and exactly. words are That's said true. about you. You know, people push back yes. and, and, and sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's just not understanding. And, and I get that, but you know, the scripture says, do not get weary of doing good. And that's because mm. you do get weary. You, you and, do. Uh, but also the scripture just guided me through the tougher times when you didn't know if you were going to make payroll or, or be able to get the ministry, you know, work completed. Philippians 1.6 has been my scripture. Okay. He who began a good work in you 
will be faithful to complete that work until the day of Christ Jesus, right? Yes. So I try to remind myself and rest on the narrative of truth. And the truth is, if he began the work and he's going to complete the work, then surely he's with us in between the beginning and the completion. Yes. Even when it doesn't feel like it. And there's days you feel like, okay, I can't do this anymore, Lord. But it just seems like those days when when you get to that point, it's like that's when God comes in strong. Yeah. And it's like you just feel the presence of him. Um, Can I say something on yes. that? As followers of Christ, we weren't given the towel to wave it, to throw it in and say, I quit. We're given, We're given the towel to carry to serve. There we don't go. have an option. We got to keep serving. We never Even throw it in and say, bad. I quit, right? We can't. <laughs> Well, I will tell you this. The very first breakfast I came to, there was, uh, you brought back Pastor Eric Gary. From Lexington Leadership Foundation, yes. Well, his mother used to work for me. Really? Yes, she did. Wonderful lady. Oh, uh, amazing. And can play the piano. Ooh, and can sing. Yes, Unreal. And so she helped me a lot, you know, when me and David started our companies, helped me a lot, uh, uh, you know, taking care of Adrian and doing things. I mean, the woman can cook unbelievable. Mm. And for him to, for Eric to get up there and the way he was speaking, I was hooked because I know him and I know he would not support anything that is not of God. And I know the family. And so when he was sitting up there talking and David leaned over to me and he goes, you know who that is. And I said, is that him? And he goes, yeah. And so we got to talking or whatever. And he said, it's a great ministry. Mm. And it was like, you know, you always want to feel like that you are supporting the right organization. And so that was my confirmation was him. So uh, I wanted to tell you that because mm. that's someone that came back to show thanks to you and yeah. everything that the organization had done. Um, He's a gift, and when he he was with us for several years, and and someone who I thought would replace me one day, that was the plan. <laughs> and he it? left, and he left to go to Lexington, and that was. One of those moments you're thinking, God, how could you let him go? Because he's so critical to our work in Knoxville. Was, but he's gone to Lexington and replicated what we do here at Knoxville and is having an amazing, left, but amazing <laughs> ministry that reminds us the kingdom's bigger than our own town sometimes. So we have to let some people go That's where true. God sends them. Uh, well, I'll tell you this. That piano you sit right beside is his mother's. Really? <laughs> the piano. And uh, it was in okay. Eric's house, but they couldn't fit it in the house that they were moving to when yes. they moved to Lexington. Yep. So they sold it to me. Yes. Yeah, so that piano but I was moved that years. piano into his other house. <laughs> I, I knew it looked familiar, and it is heavy. It is. Yeah, we got to get a piano. We about company. broke our backs on this piano. So. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> If yes. you ever need help moving it, do not call me. Do not me. call me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's real good so let me ask you this um so the need of the ministry why did you feel like the the city the community needed this type ministry needed this type growth what i know god gave you the vision but what made you execute in the form that you did mm. Well, I know that's a that's a broad no. Question. I get in the form we did. I think I'll just I'll start back even in the beginning. One thing when our when the Emerald Avenue Church wanted to try to reach neighborhood and children, it was for it was for a really good reason. They just like we're on the corner. We have a reason to exist, and we see children with need. Let's help them. 
But what we realized when we got into the ministry that we were discovering, well, there's so much good. So please hear this to your listeners. There's so much talent. There's so much good. There's so many young people on a really good path in our city. Really? But there's also a, a crisis in it our is. in our urban centers. I it mean, is. it's a place where there's concentrated problems at times. And, and And concentrated pain, no question, because a lot of people are gathered in in an area together. So the church, and we started seeing early on, we formed Emerald Youth, there was a crisis we're responding to. And it wasn't just located in one neighborhood, it was spread across the city. Okay. So we, we wanted to broaden our ministry to try to ensure that we were taking a holistic gospel to young people across town, whether we do it or try to help others do it. Um, but we, we never left the the... Uh, understanding how important the local church was. So in our growth plan, in that form, we knew that we wanted to grow by trying to mobilize other congregations for neighborhood outreach, discipleship, and family work, and tutoring, etc. But we also in that recognized that our work needed, I used the word whole person, our work needed to be whole child development. And the research was real clear on that. If we're going to have a child on a trajectory to be a servant Christian leader and on a trajectory for gainful employment. Right. We've got to like, in Luke 2, it says Jesus grew spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. Our children need to do the same. Like exactly. Any, any parent, exactly. what we offer for children in our cities, what any parent that's trying to ensure the best for their child, they try to make sure their children have. Whether it's suburban, urban, it doesn't matter. So we're trying to make sure that same opportunities in place for young people we serve now. In gotcha. our community. So is your, what would you say your Emerald Youth Foundation's main purpose is? Uh, well, I think that, I mean, we have a long mission that's trying to be a, a, a mission to raise young people up to make sure they know, they know the truth about the love of the Father. Number one, okay. they know their love, they know they're cared for, and, and that they see the commitment, the need to the commitment to follow him. But as I said earlier, that they can get on a trajectory to be a contributor back to society. Yes, you know, Ultimately, yes. that they can be a leader that has capacity and has a heart. I mean, that's, yeah, that's what we're true. really after because we know that our neighborhoods will never, our neighborhoods, our city will never reach its full, um, it, it's what, what it could become fully if it does not raise up a generation of young leaders to take the spots in our homes, to take the leadership roles in our government, to take the leadership roles in our churches, at the ball field. We've got to make sure that pipeline is in place of future leaders. Yes. And we cannot fail to bring up that next generation to be real contributors and take these seats and lead us forward, you know, until the next year's ahead. So, so you're basically saying let's, let's, raise up leaders uh, let me go back some you had said uh, one thing about uh, God and love God is about love and mm-hmm. showing that if you uh, big thing when uh, when I go to speak at churches and different stuff uh, the one thing I try to teach is if you look in the Bible every scripture in the Bible is centered around one word it's called work if you think about it the word work is centered around every scripture because you have to work to have faith. You have to work to be a good person. You have to work, you know, to do for others, give back. So if you take, if you give someone love, what Emerald does, and I've seen it from my own eyes, 
you give them love and they do the work, it will go hand in hand in the long run. You know, it, can I can I say that there's ever a time that someone's not going to fall off? We would be all lying if we said that. But it's our duty as community leaders to try to show that love and show them how to work mm -hmm. and how to, you know, learn, be educated, that type thing, and bring it back to educate others. Yeah. Do you agree or disagree? I agree. I think that it really fits what you're saying well with where what youth development research has learned today. In the past, what we did often when trying to uh, serve children, it was more about fixing them. It's like fixing a problem. Yes. And now today what we've learned is We've got to build upon their assets and develop them for something in their future. Equip them, develop yes. them, prepare them for what's next. They're not a problem to be fixed. They're a soul to be prepared. Yes. And so it changes the I whole agree. approach when you're thinking about, yeah, I want to help develop you so you can work. I want to develop you so you can serve. I want to develop you so you can lead. Children know what approach you're taking. Yes. And if I don't think you can work, if I don't think you can be a contributor, and I approach you with that mindset, they're going to turn away because they know that it's not about them. It's about you or something exactly. else. Exactly. And what, what you may want out of them. You know, and the children, you know, if you show a child, you know, even if the child, no matter what kind of upbringing, I truly believe if you show a child love and you show that child that you believe in them. Mm -hmm. You know, even when all chips are down, they've, you know, that kids are going to make mistakes. God never said that. we. That's why sin is sin. And, and he says that we're going to sin, you know, so we're going to make mistakes. That's what a sin is. So if you teach a child, okay, I love you, even though you, even if you have to discipline them, you're still showing them discipline through love and showing them how not to go down the, the same path That's to right. change it. So I ask you this. What is the image and goal for the city in Emerald's eyes? Yeah. We really went through a season the last few years to try to define that a little better for us. And and we came up with a scripture that seemed to really move us in this direction to answer what your your question. John 10, 10. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and that you have it abundantly. Yes. And we think that Jesus must mean that that's something he desires for everyone, all children, no matter which neighborhood they grow up in. He desires for them to find life and enjoy life as he intended. So that led us to casting a vision uh, and a call to our city, call to our community that we framed or phrased this way, imagine a city. Imagine a city where every child in every, every neighborhood has the opportunity for a full life. Yes. And it's a call to our community to say, look, we want you to pray for this vision. We want you to give to this vision. We want you to invest your lives in this vision, let's make sure every child has the opportunity to enjoy life as intended. Does that mean that all children will take advantage of it? No. But one thing we can't do is go to bed at night knowing that not every child had the opportunity. And opportunities is what Emerald is all about. Tune in to the part two 
of the two-part series of Steve Diggs with Emerald Foundation. A child is not a problem. It's just a soul that needs to be prepared. Thanks for listening to Talkin' Tennessee with Yavanka. Watch out for our weekly episodes from the first family of real estate. And check us out on the web, www.yavankasalsrealestate.com. See our videos on Yavanka's YouTube channel or find us on Facebook under Yavanka Landis and Twitter at Yavanka Landis. And don't forget to tell a friend about us. Until next time, Yavanka signing off.